Okay, today we talked with Willie McMillan. He's kind of the unofficial mayor of Jackson Hole. He's an old pro snowboarder. He's got an interesting outlook on snowboarding and life. We talk about ayahuasca, out-of-body experiences, and also entrepreneurship. He's owner of Bluebird Wax. He's got some interesting stuff to say. It was a freaking hilarious conversation. He was kind of getting loose in the booth. So we're excited for this one. Episode 15, Willie McMillan. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. All right, we're back in the booth. Stony Buds, how we doing today? Doing good, dog. Excited for this show. I'm excited, too. We got Willie McMillan, the mayor of Jackson. How we doing, Willie? I'm doing good. Well... Besides my gnarly fucking fever I have and, like, I can't taste anything, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> good good to hear. Good to hear. Um, you know, like always, we usually just throw it right back to where you grew up, right? You're, you're uh, not originally from Jackson. No, I was actually born in Austin, Texas uh, in a tent with no uh, hot water or electricity. You're my- actually... They, your your mom gave birth to you in a tent? A tent baby. Or you were raised He's in a tent, tent baby. No, a like, tent baby. my mom claims it was a cabin, but my brother just recently was like, dude, it was like a fucking... It was a tent. Like, like a yurty thing. Yeah. That we were, like, borrowing because my mom was going to have me. That's how big a fucking hippies we were. Damn. So, like, no electricity, no hot water. I came out with the umbilical cord wrapped on my neck, blue in the face. My dad tried to cut the umbilical cord... Fucking almost cut my throat. My mom took the knife, cut the cord herself, and voila. Wow. Blue in the face. Is that how you got the name Bluebird? No. That is that that is insane. The fact <laughs> that, that your crazy. your mom cut the umbilical cord herself, that's some cowboy shit. Was there a mi- uh, uh, um, what's it called? <laughs> midwife? Uh, midwife? Fuck no, dude. It was my stoned out fucking dad and my mom and dude. my brother. What? And I was born on leap year, How old too. is your brother? It was ni- 1976, February 29th. So I just turned 11, and I won't have another birthday for three years. Because so. you have, cause you're yeah. leap year. You get, you get a birthday every four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm I, fucking weird as shit, dude. So <laughs> we were talking before the show. It sounds like you had kind of a brutal upbringing. You want to kind of paint the picture? Yeah. Of like, as, like? like as bad as it was, like it was still fucking epic, too. You know, like, we grew up in cars and school buses, and, like, my parents were just from that generation. They were, like, the real hippies, you know? Like, they're, they're musicians, songwriters, and, like, that was their whole thing, you know? And uh, so, you know, we were on welfare growing up for a certain point. My dad left when I was, like, not even one. Damn. And so, like, my mom had this boyfriend we lived with and, like, whatever. Uh, we had a swimming pool, you know, they were fighting all the time. She kicked him out of his house and we stayed there. And then the welfare lady was like, we're not going to make you guys move. You can stay here. So we were on welfare and we had like a fucking swimming pool. So like, sounds dope. It was always shitty, but rad, but rad you know? at the same time. Yeah. And then, so we got evicted cause the owner sold the house at some point. I think I was nine years old. It was like 1986 and my mom used to spend time in Jackson when she was, like, 18. She was, like, the uh, chauffeur for the ski team. And uh, she drove them around in, like, a hearse car to all the resorts around That's Wyoming sick. or whatever. And so she always had this, like, romantic 
thing, love affair with Jackson and always talked about going back. And so when we got the eviction notice, we were like, she's like, we're moving to Jackson. And we're like, it it was like seven days later or something. We moved. You were in Texas. We're in San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Yeah. In Claremont, which was a fucking shithole. I mean, the schools, we had to go an hour and a half to schools. Like my school was kindergarten through 12th grade. And it was like mixed everything. All in like, one school. Yeah. It was fucked. That sounds it was hectic. not cool. And and then my brother was a little older. He was like three years older and his schools were like super sketchy. He was getting like fucked with really hard. Like, but do you do you feel like when you're a kid that's all you know? So you're just like, Oh, this is normal? Yeah. You're like yeah. but it's not till later where you're like, That was fucked up. Yeah, but it was it was like <laughs> you know, it was like tons of Hispanics, blacks, few white people at the school and like so anyway, we go to Jackson. We like rent this fucking like rider truck, U-Haul truck or whatever. And my uncle buys my mom this like crappy Datsun car. We like hook it up to the back. We're parked on his hill in San Diego. And the next morning, like they didn't take the parking brake off. So we drove like 200 miles outside of San Diego and just set our car on fire. <laughs> and, Classic. And our mom had no credit cards, no What'd job. What'd she do for a living? Well, before that, she was working for my uncle. They, she was actually a coder in the 80s. So, like, we had, you know, we were on welfare. Well, then she started working for him. We were all, only on welfare for a short time. Like, I didn't, like, grow up on it. It was just, like, my mom was a fucking badass. Like, she wasn't some, like, deadbeat mom Yeah, or she figured her shit out. Yeah, and she was going to night school and working for my uncle. But she was a coder in the 80s, so we had, like, all the – dopest fucking computers in our house when we were kids like commodore 64s like back when that was like a you know yeah i remember those badass computer (laughs) and she would like give us lines of code to like make the thing go across the screen you know Mm -hmm. it'd take like five hours and we'd be like return and it would be like and we're like fuck yeah all stoked we're all stoked yeah um so anyway she was she was like a coder basically just self-taught through my uncle and stuff, and super smart. Everyone on her side of the family is, like, kind of, like, like uh, intelligent to a fault. Like, they kind of have it a little, you know. I think, like, really smart people kind of have a rough life because mm-hmm. they just know too much shit. Their brain, like, that makes sense. tortures too them because yeah. they're too smart. Yeah. You know what you're saying? Yeah. Like, you're definitely better off being fucking dumb. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, just let shit fly Don't over overanalyze it. Don't just yeah. keep it, it ho- keep it hollow-headed. For sure. Like... It would be cool to be dumb. Um, but anyway, like, uh, so we go to Jackson. We have no, my mom has no job lined up. We had like $400, 300 bucks, and she spent it on our car that lit on fire. So we rolled up to her friend's cabin, um, packed in. It was like me, my brother, my mom, our cat, her friend, her daughter in like a cabin this big, like 100 and maybe 120 square feet. And we went to like school for a couple years like that. And it fucking sucked. Cause like we never knew we were poor in San Diego. Like everyone was Jackson. Everyone was the same. And then we show up to Jackson and like everyone's fucking rich. We were like the poorest kids in school growing up. And like, we actually made like a vow. Like we wouldn't tell, we like, we're like, don't tell anybody where we live. Yeah. Like we'd get dropped off like blocks away. Like, it was, like, kind of humiliating, you know? And my mom was just, she just never gave a fuck about money, you know? She just, it was, it's never been important to her, you know? So she thought, she's like, oh, this hippie lifestyle is great. And him and I are, like, going to school, getting, like, made fun of or whatever, dude. I'm stoked on it now. 
Yeah. Well, Jackson's not like a wealthy town. It's like actually one of the like richest towns in North America. It's not just yeah, like yeah. a rich town. It's like a really so that division of wealth is yeah. crazy. Like we knew we were poor right when we showed up. Yeah. And then all the like the weirdest part was like the racism. Cause like we came from San Diego where like all yeah, our friends were it. black, all our friends were Mexican, like our neighborhood yeah. was so mixed up. Yeah. And we got we got to Jackson and it was just like these redneck dads. You know, like the first time I heard like the N word, it like kind of fucking broke my heart. You know, like, same with my brother, too. We were just like, what are we doing here? You know, and then the kids are throwing that shit around everywhere. And it was a hard adjustment, you know? Because I was like a skateboarder already, you know? At, at not, Like, I had a skateboard when I was six years old, you know? Like, that's awesome. Growing up in San Diego, it was just like, that's, you had to ride a skateboard. So, you know? at what point did you, I'm guessing you started skating, and then at what point did you find snowboarding in Jackson? So, um... I got a skateboard at six, moved to Jackson, and then, like, all the sidewalks are, like, boardwalks. So, like, it's just, you know, you had to get some, like, 98 or 85A rat bones to, like, skate around there. You had to have some, like, soft, big-ass wheels or something. Monster truck wheels. No skateboards back then either, huh? No, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. We got a shitty ramp a little later. But, uh, yeah, I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? I was, like, pretty depressed when I first moved there. And, uh. I had this neighbor that lived across the alley from me, this kid, John Beckett. And uh, he took me up to the ski shop one day and showed me, like, a snowboard for the first time. And it was basically, like, some fucked race board. You know, it was like, I was looking at it, and I was like, I, there's potential, but, like, that thing just looks crazy. It was like if you put bindings on this thing. You know what, Brandon? On this table? I think it was a... <laughs> They had those ASIMs back in the day that looked like this table pretty much, a thin version. I kind of imagine it was a K2. K2. Because they, I feel like they were making boards so fucking long ago. Yeah. You know? No, I remember those. We're about the same age, so. Yeah, it was some kind of ASIM race board or something. Yeah, and I was like, K2 uh, had those. I was like, uh, it's not quite there, whatever. So anyway, some time passed, and him and I went and rented some, like, uh, Burton 135s or whatever, and went... Okay, so we're poor. We're living in Jackson. Fucking, you know, like, you can't really complain about it. Yeah. And But we had Snow King, which is, like, the, t- the town resort, which Place is fucking is gnarly. It's, it's steep. super steep. Yep. And so that thing was three blocks away from us. So, like, that's kind of been my whole life. Like, it's shitty, but it's so rad at the same time, all the time. Yeah, you, you can know? straight up walk to the resort. Every day. So this kid loaned me his, um, so we went and rode and whatever, and the first day we went, all he wanted, one of us had to do a method. So I, I hit this cat track, kind of did some fucking like, you know, slap, bass slap method or something. And I slammed into a tree and broke my collarbone the first day. Yeah. Day one, right out of the gate. Day smoked. one. Yeah. Woo. Sled down to the bottom. My mom's like, I guess you're over this. And I was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my fucking life. Wow. And she was like, all right, let's do it. I was talking to Chopper earlier and he was kind of saying you were like connected somehow to one of the, like, the first snowboarders to ride Jackson, like, the er- super early days, right? I don't know if I'm off on that, but he was... maybe was he ch- thinking of? Uh, Greiber? John uh, Greiber? Honestly. Oh. Uh, Who's Chopper? He, was, he threw... Well, Chad Otterstrom. Okay, oh, okay, so <laughs> there's this dude, Stephen Koch, and he he was the first dude to snowboard the Grand. Maybe that's and I, I actually, The Grand Tetons? Yeah, when I was, when I was 13... Fuck, 
when I was 13, I got my second job. My first job was at the carnival. I was a fucking carny. <laughs> and the second job was washing dishes at this restaurant right by my house. And the busser there was Stephen Koch. And he was the first dude to ever uh, ride the snowboard the Grand. And he was like, and then he went and did like a bunch of like, it was one of those things like you ride a mountain on every continent or something. He was, he was like, he was kind of in there for a minute. You know, he was like one of the early day, like mountaineer type shredder dudes, you know, like, like Jeremy Jones of the eighties or something. (laughs) That's before it exploded in popularity. Yeah. But also like back then people rode like one hard boot in the front and one soft boot. Yeah. The Damian Sanders style. I might've done that for a season. Bold strategy. Like, did dude, it for a season. I don't know if I'd recommend that, huh? Jackson was so fucking crusty in the beginning, dude. Like, it was just a lot of dreadlocks and, like, fucking hard boots and shit. And then these kids from Utah actually moved down. This guy, Rich Goodwin and Dave Smaley, they're Logan kids. And they came down. They're vert skaters. So they, like, were like, this is how you look good in the air. This is how you grab properly. This is, how, you know, and they, they were the ones that were, like, kind of kicked off the whole, like, spinning off of cliffs there. and That's sick. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for those guys, like, Travis would probably be in hard boots still. Wow. Yeah. Or at least one, just on the front. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Damien <laughs> made that shit look good. He had the penthouse uh, oh, yeah. model wife. Oh, yeah. And he was out of control, and he was doing it, so everyone kind of was like, all right, man, you can tweak but- your grabs better, but turn good at the same time. But those dudes were, like, fucking rock stars. Yeah, they were, like, rock stars. We haven't seen rock stars like that in snowboarding. Like, who's the the last rock star we've had in snowboarding? Like, Romaine or something? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Danny Cass had a bit of it. He had a bit of it. Uh, He he Ricky's maybe got a bit of it. He does. But he keeps it low-key because he's got a lot on the line. I'll I'll tell you what. I'm sorry to take off subject, but I texted Travis Rice to get some information about you. He ghosted me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I got I got a no reply. Well, I told you he's he's building some fucking yurt right now. Oh, and, and I didn't I didn't show up. I didn't show oh. up to work day. Oh, he's on so the he bad side. So he might he might be over me. Oh, really? Willie's or, on the bad side. Or he's just busy. Or he's got your number blocked know. or something. I mean. You think he probably blocked it? I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. see that. He's like, hey, who's this? I told him you were talking shit about him, so he blocked your number. <laughs> hey, would the resorts back then give you free passes as a youth in town, being that you were like no. Oh, I mean, a lot of ski resort no. towns do that for their citizens, but I guess everyone there has money, so no, they don't give a shit. Our, our passes to Snow King were like 300 bucks. That's it. And then these kids, um, there's like this crew of kids at Snowboard, because I wanted to be on the ski team, but it was like too expensive. I was, you know, I was going to like race skis, which would have been so fucking lame. Yeah. But I met all these dirt bags. It was like Rob Kingwell and Dan Sick. Adams and all these kids, and, and, uh, Shouts you know, to Kingwell. He's a legend. Shouts to Kinger, dude. I love that kid. I talk about talk about punk rock, dude. Like Kinger's the most punk rock. He's more punk rock than anybody. Like he does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. That dude will dance in the middle of a party by himself, sober, in front of all the coolest shred bros ever, and he just doesn't give he a just fuck. Just doesn't care. Huh? That's punk, dude. But that's course, real punk. One hundred percent. I I agree. I agree. And there is something I feel like with that that Jackson Hole. Like it's kind of like. Don't fucking talk about it. Be about it. Kind of yeah. like don't fucking po- don't type your shit up. It's not yeah. like like just shut the shut up and just bust. Right? Is it's that would you like say? That. It's kind of yeah. like got that vibe. Well, to and it, it was kind of like those early Utah dudes that came out. Like if you like stomped something, you couldn't even show stoke. You couldn't you show emotion. To, you had to just be like really whatever. This iron because if you were like 
was it sick? They'd be like, shut the fuck up. You should have grabbed longer. <laughs> like, you could have gone big. Let me take it out of my paycheck and just, like, paid them. And the shit box showed up. I got my first box. I had to pay to get on Solid. Solid basically. was dope, though. Yeah, and it was the shit. And then, I don't know, time went by. Those guys would come out. Wastels and Matt Hale and Kevin Furlong and fucking Tarquin would come out a bunch. And, like, and then my buddy Rich, I was basically, like, I... I'm not going to ride for you guys unless you sponsor Rich, too, because he's, like, way better than me. And he was, like, kind of my older brother. Like, Rich kind of raised me along with these, like, other older kids there. Kind of just schooled me and slapped me around and, like, made sure I didn't act like a douche, you know. They kind of kept me in line. But they also, like, corrupted me really bad, too. So, anyway, Rich and I were, like, the the package deal, you know. And, uh... So we'd go out to Colorado and skate big fish and shit. And, like, Rich was a sick skater. Like, you had to skate if you were on solid. Like, they didn't let anyone on the team that couldn't skate and couldn't hang in a session with those guys. And Kurt was insane at skating. The the sickest. He yeah. still is now. Still is, yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, and his brother. You, and Dude, Jeff. And then, and then yeah, Jeff was insane. Dude, and then Jeff's kid, Jack, is insane now. I've heard that. Yep. And Van, Kurt's youngest brother. I mean, yeah. that family... That family trips me out, dude. Just talented. They're like the most badass, fucking strongest family I've ever I've ever known. Like, if you fuck with any of them, like yeah. you're getting beat by all of them. It's crazy. I I actually did I did Van's funeral because I'm like a reverend or whatever. I I married Kurt and his first wife, and I married Gooch and his wife. Married a bunch of people, and then I did Van's funeral. Wow, I didn't know you were a reverend. Yeah, well, like online. Yeah, you like, do that. Everybody's thing. like everyone is now, but <laughs> back when I did it, it was like kind of fresh. <laughs> but yeah, I did Van's funeral, and it that was, must have been it heavy. Was fucking crazy, dude. It's been because fucking heavy. Like I don't give a fuck about pro snowboarders, you know. Like most of them are my homies. Like I don't fan out on snowboarders, yeah. but like skaters. Like I mean, this was the the funeral. It was like the whole Wastel family in the front, just crying their fucking eyes out, yeah. and then it was like Hasoy. Gons, Frank Gerwer, like every fucking dude I could imagine showed up for that thing. Damn. And it was like, it was and surreal because I had to like run the thing. Yeah. And it was, I'd never done a fucking funeral before. And for like, the listeners that don't understand, um, basically Kurt Wasdell was and kind of still is just an absolute legendary pro snowboarder. And he had a younger brother, Van Wasdell, who's a pro skateboarder for Gonzas for crooked for crooked who yep. passed away so just to kind of fill in people if they don't yep. know who that is and yeah and yeah. it was traumatic i mean he, he passed away in a skate trip yeah they're in, they're in germany for vans and uh yeah it was heavy it was heavy and like kurt called me up and was just like dude vans gone and i was just like what the fuck are you talking about like we were just where were we we were in salt lake for kurt's wedding yeah and van and i like our whole thing was was chew. Like, when we'd see each other, we'd be like, got to chew? Nope, let's go to Seve. And we'd go <laughs> walk to Seve and get chew. And that's how fucking Twos was, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Twos was like my chew buddy. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned uh, Nick Zierden. Yeah. The first time I got arrested and spent the night in jail was with J2, and he brought me out from Colorado. We stayed on Nick's floor. Yep. We were out late night. Ended up uh, getting left at the bar and had to walk home a couple miles. We finally get to the house, and Twos is like, 
ah, oh, we're here, let's run. And we ran in front of a cop car, and the dude got out and arrested us for stealing car stereos, which we never did. With Nick. And he bust the cop. We ran into Nick's house, but he kicked in Nick's door, pulled a gun on Nick's dog, was going to kill his dog. Are you talking about a cop? Yeah. Jesus. And they arrested Tuz and I for stealing car stereos, which we never even did. We just ran in front of a cop car. Insane. And they threw us in jail overnight. Tarquin bailed us out of jail. And, I just uh, saw Tarquin. Oh, you oh, did? Finish your story. They though. never read us our rights or anything. They just put us in the clink let, and then let us go the next morning. But I think Tarquin ended up, Tuz never gave him the, the bail money back. Oh, yeah. Some wild story, but it was insane. Buds is that you get a target on your back since day one. Yeah, man. They, the cops are always looking for you. You're just yeah. kind of gangster, dude. <laughs> I think that one was on Tuz, though. I got mm. a question for you, dude. You, 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 you were raised pretty, you know, kind of without very many means, I guess. How did you develop into having a board company? And these things cost uh, money. You know what I mean? I guess it all started. And I well, guess I'm jumping around a bit. No, but. jump around. Well, jump. first of all, like, you know, my mom wouldn't, like, let us turn the heater on because it was exp- too expensive. Yeah. So my brother and I, like, got jobs and, like, paid the electric bill. You just learned how to hustle. My brother and I were both entrepreneurs super young. You know, like, he bought a, a broken-down lawnmower for five bucks at a garage sale and then, like, mowed lawn, got it running, mowed lawns, bought a truck, bought a new lawnmower. Like, he had a lawnmower in business when he was, like, 15. He was making, like, ten times more money than my mom. Damn, and there's plenty of money in that town, so. Yeah, exactly, for that kind of shit especially. Um, so I was the same way. It was just, like, when I, when I figured out that all I had to do was go work to, like, get whatever I wanted because all these kids had mountain bikes and fucking... You know, it's like I was surrounded by all these kids with who just had whatever. And like uh, some of my friends were like, yeah, I'm, well, actually what happened was I broke this window there. We we had this store in Wyoming. I don't know if there you guys know about this, but it was called Pomida. And it's like a shitty ass Wyoming Kmart. Oh, wow. And so they had black snows there and shit. That was the first board I had was like me too. shout no, no edges. Uh, plastic bindings where you hook your feet under the you thing. You guys went black snow, did, huh? Did I had you the, have edges? No edges. It was a plastic. Yeah, it, it was like you, there's no yeah. high backs. You just hook your foot under the No, I thing. had I had bindings. Like, oh, yeah, this thing had no high backs. But it had no edges. See, okay. Vermont, I, I have it. It's in, in my storage you didn't unit. fuck with black snow. You went straight to Burton. Well, because it's icy as fuck there, dude. Yeah, true. You would die on a black snow. True. He's from the east, though. We're talking like like golf that's course true. golf yeah, course yeah. straight into a, like a bump. You could wheelie like nine miles on that thing. It's true. Yeah, you could nose press like from here to like Japan, no problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt real quick. I get a question. So I noticed Bluebird's like most mostly you know backcountry jumper, um, and just be totally truthful because nobody's gonna take it personally. But did you kind of what's your thoughts on jibbing whack? It's not like there's a lot of jibbing in his area too, right? I hit some handrails back in the day. Okay. I actually rode rail gardens one time. Damn. Yes. With LeBlanc, Devin, uh, who else was there? Fucking Whitey and some fat dude that filmed for Mac Dog. What'd you put up? Did I just call some dude fat? I know who you're talking about. Ross. Yeah, Ross. What What did you put up? Oh, I couldn't do shit. I was on like a 160 type A. It was like the biggest board they made. Uh, but that's the, a heavy crew. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to answer your question, like an hour ago, yeah, I was going to say, what was the question? Yeah, I actually forgot <laughs> was, that question was, entirely. It was about starting companies with no yes. money. Yep. Uh, so 
Entrepreneur at a young age. We're, we're, we used to film with this dude named Jason Moriarty. He's the guy that, like, started Slednecks and all that shit with, like, Adam Bebout and mm-hmm. some of our other friends. Um, Jason made a bunch of movies you guys probably hadn't, haven't seen, but they're worth checking out. We're trying to digitize them and throw them online, but they're, like, you know, 90s, late 90s VHS movies. Like, no, no one really saw them, you know? But, but they're rad. Like, we were acting in them. They're just... He he was sick. This what dude, were they called? Uh, paparazzi, the goods, and the regulators. I think I've I've seen these. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I was driving up Teton Pass with him one day, and was I was like, I want to start a snowboard company. Like I don't know what, but like we should have a brand, you know. And you know, Bluebird was just the term you used when it was like time to go film. It's like sunny powder day. Yeah. It's Bluebird. It's like we're like that's the name like for sure you know and uh so he gave me like 300 bucks and i went and made stickers we put them all over town we gave them to our homies they put them on their boards whatever and then uh and then at some point lance lance was kind of like making some money back then he was like fuck he must have been only like 17 18 or something and he was like getting k2 money and shit so he like he's like Threw in 300 bucks. And we, our buddy JP Martin had a garage a little bit bigger than this. And like he rented it out and we had these like quarter pipes in there. And we'd have like skate wax making parties. And everyone would just make wax and we'd skate. And so when you started making stickers, did you know it was going to be wax? No. No. The only reason I, it went that way was because I was in the boardroom, the snowboard shop. Uh, and this guy Jeff Heller, who lives, he's like a uh, like a Northwest dude now. Um, he's I think he used to work for One Ball J, and I was just talking to him about it. I was giving him stickers and stuff. He's like, you should make wax, and I got he gave me like a really simple formula, and I went and bought the shit that day and went home and made and it. Made it. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, it's wax, and then uh, I don't know. Lance and I went up to Mount Hood and, like, handed it out. It was just in, like, tinfoil. And we just gave it to people and we're like, this is Bluebird. And he was, like, he was already on the circuit. Like, so he already knew everybody. So he, like, grabbed this guy and this guy. And we had, like, a gnarly team right off the bat just because he was, like, he was, like, doing the thing. Yeah. Know? He knew everybody. And um, actually, there's a little folklore that Peter Line was having trouble getting over this this tabletop at hood and Lance gave him the rubbed it on his board and then he made it sick. And at this yeah. point, Peter line is a God. Yeah. The God yeah. of snowboarding at yeah. that point. Um, Do you think that folk folklore sold a lot of bars of wax or what? I think this is only the third time that that story has been told. <laughs> <laughs> hey buds, you realize I, we almost forgot something. Oh, name that video part. Yep. We usually do it earlier than this. Yep. We're getting, we're getting a late start on this one, <coughs> which is okay. Are you familiar? This is actually, um, okay, I'm going to take the music away. Presented by the Dew Tour. Are you familiar with Name That Video Part? Am I familiar with Mountain Dew? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling? How's your video knowledge? How are you feeling like you think you got it? It depends if it's like post-90s. Because, like, I don't think I – I haven't watched – I don't really 
watch snowboard well, videos anymore. Let's get well. Let's just see what you got. Did you queue up some ninety shit? I queued up some shit. I thought he might know. All right, let's hear it. Doesn't mean I necessarily like the song. <laughs> that's like some Travis movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. That and was they, a meatball, correct. dude. And they fucking blew, that song. That song sucks ass. Kill that song people sucks after ass. like after like however many times. What's the band again? M eighty three. Well, you know what we got yet? We is got, that M eighty three? I don't know. I might be making that up. You I just got a, the weekend. We, we got the you. Weekend. We got no, you a, a pride pa- a prize about. pack. What we have for Willie is a igloo cooler filled with some bomb hole merch. You got a Bud Diesel shirt, some stickers. Dude, that's fucking tight. Congrat, congratulations. I mean, it's no w. fucking Yeti, but it's pretty tight. <laughs> it's pretty tight. I'll use this. It's actually appropriately priced, unlike a Yeti. So, hey, um, well, I have a. I have a gift for you guys. Oh, oh, we're doing a gift swap. A gift swap. We got a little gift swap. So, here I know going. you don't drink, but these are some of the last bottles of this shit. Oh damn! I've heard about. And the, the last time I saw fucking Stony Buds was at the Las Vegas trade show, and you were asking me about about our wine. So, dude, so damn, son, where'd you find this? A nice small back too. Wow, yeah. thank so you. Hyped. Hey, I'll give send, you a little. I'll send these down the table. Yeah. Dude, so hyped. I love wine. We're going to keep it in yeah. frame. That's a very okay. rare. It's I've like got, an artifact. Dude, yeah, almost. I almost want to keep one and drink just, one. Just, just drink it, but keep the bottle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got another gift for you guys. Okay. So, obviously, you dude, know. This is dope. You know Rankin, Neil Rankin. Yes. You ever hear of a kid, uh, Sean O'Brien? Yes. From the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Rozzy kid. So, he, uh, he plays guitar in our band and... Um, Anyway, we designed this board. Like, me, I was talking to Rankin and Sean just about, like, why doesn't anybody make this board? Like, this is what I want to ride. Like, and we all kind of had the similar, whatever, like, idea, idea of a board for our style of burnt out, washed up fucking shredder board. Oh, yeah. burnt board. <laughs> pow, pow board. Uh, so we, we designed this board. And so this was... Uh, this graphic we used for the base, this was actually the it's like, all black. updated Travis Rice. Uh, Can't see the base. Oh, I'm going to take it out. Slap it, the base. The, uh, Here, I'll hold this thing. So I don't know if yeah. anyone's familiar. You, where's that Travis? Oh, so this middle finger right here. Yeah, that's dope. That was Travis's graphic. And then this was like the updated graphic that Neil did for me. Um. A few, like a while back. Oh, damn. So flip it around. This isn't a Travis Rice board by any means, but I figured if I was doing a board with Neil, I would use the graphic that he designed for us. So, um, it is uh, all black on the top. Yeah, which is dope. No graphics, and then just this. Dude, that is sick. And it's explain to the listeners what it is. So it's basically. In a nutshell, it's a 156 wide with a deep side cut and one extra inch on the t- on the nose. Damn. It's like we're, st- we're still making adjustments to it, but. Where's this pressed? China. Sick. It also GP has a giant. For the listeners. That factory's dope. That's my favorite they're board dope factory. As fuck, dude. Yeah. I love the boards. They're fucking good price. You can sell them for good. And. Their boards are insane. Some of the best out there. Mad people will get their shit made there, too. Yeah. It's legit. It ain't like China boards in the 90s. No. Like, it's very, very, some of the best boards, I think, mm-hmm. out there. 
And for the listeners, it's got a giant um, skeleton middle finger on the yeah. bottom. Sorry to take you off but, subject. But wait, I'm giving this to you guys. Nice. Wow. And I want you guys to like raffle it or give oh. it away or do something to like stoke Dude, somebody viewers out. viewers will be hyped. Yeah. We but give it to someone who rides pow. Okay. That ain't a jib board. We'll have okay, to we're going to keep this thing on the set for a little bit, and then yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a way off. to wrap it, it off. Give it to somebody or do something cool with it. Thank you so much, Willie. Like, we appreciate that. Um, yeah. We are also, we're still in the middle yeah, of name that video, video part. part. So we got part two. Dude, this, this kids one. go on in the morning, and they don't watch the episode. They go right to yep. name that video part, and they have an answer up. Yeah, the, the episode goes live at 7 a.m. and like 7.05. 7.05, somebody knows it. There's the answer to name that video part. So this wow. is um, song number two. If you know the answer, comment on the photo of Willie's face on Instagram. All right, we're coming at you with this one. It's a it's a classic. So if you know that, that was a quick one. You're gonna be hyped because that one that one molded my childhood. But I'm gonna do the uh, the outro music, and we really thank you guys for. Playing Name That Video Part. Well, I want to talk about something that um, people often bring up as a memorable moment from yourself. And I remember watching it. Um, the Natural Selection Announcing. Yeah. Travis Rice asked you to announce his backcountry contest. The Natural Selection with Todd Richards, and um, you kind of got a little wild on the mic from what I remember. When was this? What year? It's maybe six years ago, or right. something like that. Oh, the first one of those. Yeah, maybe maybe ten now. I don't know. I'm losing track of time. Time goes fast, dude. Um, we're all. Those guys like roped me into doing it. I di- I was in Vegas. Oh, you got roped at our booth, like doing the one thing I had to do every year, and they're like, "Flutter Jackson, come do this thing with Todd," and I was like, "Dude." Everything that, like, Travis has you do, like, you can't turn it down, but it's going to be so fucked the whole time, and then it's you're going to be you're gonna be stoked you did it in the end. What happened? Because I don't so, know the story. I was kind of just trying to, you know, juggle everything going on in my life, and, like, I flew home, and basically, Cersei and these guys told me that this whole thing was going to be, like, edited... And whatever, and I'm just thinking, like, I'll just come in hot, and you guys can, like, tone me down. And someone brought a bottle of Crown, like a big-ass bottle of whiskey up there. And Todd was like, you know, he has restraint, you know. He's kind of a professional when it comes to announcing. He's a pro. You know, like, he had a couple drinks. He got loose, but, like, I drank the rest of the bottle, basically. And, uh. The contest was just going to shit. They were trying to use all these, like, spider cams and shit that were malfunctioning, and people were leaving. What's a spider cam? It's, like, early day drone. So okay. it's, like, on a cable. Cable cam. Oh, cable cam, okay. And bless their hearts for having these big dreams, but <laughs> be fucking realistic, you know? <laughs> I'll talk to Richards, and he gave me some... I said, what are some memorable things that... Um, yeah, because I don't know anything. So, so basically, like, he, you know, you're listening to it. I remember at one point, Richards came back... And I remember at this point, I almost, like, spit my drink out because he's like, sorry about that, Willie. I was actually having explosive diarrhea. <laughs> and then, like, and then for you, Richards told me some famous quotes that, that there was um, something about fucking a dolphin's blowhole you said on the air, something about a girlfriend with three tits, and also the main punchline, which was go fuck yourself, Jackson Hole. Yeah. 
So the dolphin. And this was like on the air with a big network. No, this was more live. It was more about the kids in the audience. Oh, okay. You know, which like, don't bring them to a snowboard contest. (laughs) This is the kids in the audience. Oh, the kids, people's parents. So it was like, it was like. Putting earmuffs on their kids and shit. Yeah, and it was the corporate people that were running the contest that were yelling at me. They're not going to want to hear Go Fuck Yourself Jackson Hole on a live. What happened? Or Go Fuck a Dolphin Blowhole. It wasn't a blowhole. And you know what? Dolphin are smart, dude. I know. And you know what else, dude? Let's talk. Dolphins rape each other, dude. They're, yeah, I've heard they're that. They're gang rapers, that too. dude. They also they also get high. Yeah, they, they get pass high. the blow the uh, blowfish. No, it's not a blowfish. They it's, have some sort of drug. Uh, they do uh, another fish that they like pass around like a doobie. Yeah, and then they just like lay on their backs and chill. Yeah, they're all high. But they're so. rapists, dude. They're, the dolphins they're are gang raping son of a bitches. They so might dolphin. be smarter than humans, is yeah. what some research says. They're kind of, okay. they're kind of. They also fall they're in like love aliens. and get partners. Yeah. They also communicate like yeah. they have like a language, right? Yeah. They're insane. Yeah. Remember, there was that story about a human that fell in love with a dolphin. Did he fuck the blowhole? As described? dude, he had sex with this thing, really? and it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. Like people were not stoked because what's to say that the dolphin's down? But apparently the dolphin was down, and they the were like reciprocated love. I don't know. I'll link the story, but it was insane. So to check get the show notes, a real dolphin fucker. I think like five minutes ago you were telling me we need to start staying on track a little bit better. <laughs> this is, no, track. this is the shit I <laughs> want to talk track. about. This is better so, talking about. I like talking about. So dolphin the actual blowhole. quote was: I think Travis was dropping in, and I said, uh, like you know, a little like. Not well known fact about Travis is that he once got a dolphin pregnant just by eye fucking it. <laughs> I remember hearing this or reading that or something. But you know, like I think just recently Anchorman came out. So there he's like, Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Oh, that was and, the reference. And so oh, is that why I, I know that? I said something super fucked. I don't know what it was. This was like when shit was going downhill. And by the way, I had I have a video camera of the entire fucking thing from our table. Oh, okay. I filmed all of it, Dope. and it's, like, hard to watch. Is it? Kind of, but it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to watch. But anyway, I, I, I said some fuck shit. And then, hard to watch for you because you're yeah, like, Yeah, because oh, it's man. just, I'm like, But Damn, we might enjoy dude. watching it. <laughs> yeah, at my expense. <laughs> at your expense. Um, I'll probably link that in the show notes if you get me the footage. Yeah. Did Back the to natural Jackson, selection. Back to natural selection. Did the people freak out on you? Like, what's no, going on? No, like, I don't know, man. Don't give me a fucking microphone and a bunch of whiskey, dude. It's... Uh, like, I think they should know better than that. Todd said that he's the announcer that we all dream of, is what he texted me today. He also said something about that he is. No, you he are. Would you, say you, you know, something. you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's like, I'm actually no. Um, he said that that was like the announcer you dream of, but he also said something about you guys are you guys got quote unquote dick stitch chlamydia, which was a term I think describing the diarrhea you guys had. Uh, everybody got oh, sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody had violent diarrhea. Oh, there was actually diarrhea. All the riders. Let's all just, that. Let's just say it, dude. Every trip you go on, some Euro brings the, the hiv <laughs> over and gets everyone sick. He's, I'm just bl- he's blaming it on the Euros. I love the Euros. Though. Okay. <laughs> blaming it on the yeah. Euros. When in doubt, blame it on the Euros. No, but you know some Euro got everybody sick. Yeah, that's probably about right. Travis's thing. I don't know. I bet you they could pinpoint exactly who uh, Brought patient Rhea. zero was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know who? you're not putting it down on food you're putting it down on some dirty individual well yeah it's just some some gator <laughs> full of snot that you caught a whiff of like hiking hiking the booter okay, let's just get- finish this so i said something fucked and todd said 
stay classy, Jackson Hole. And then it was just, he teed me up to say, go fuck yourself, Jackson Hole. Like, he just set it up on the tee and was just like... The meatball. And then turned around and was like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) That makes sense now. Yeah, so so I said, go fuck yourself, Jackson Hole. And that was the end. But it wasn't like... But you only did it because of the movie. You yes. weren't trying to tell them to go no, fuck themselves. No, not at all. Like, they gave me free passes before that happened. And, yeah. then, oh, and what then happened after? They stopped? Oh, yeah. They fucking hate me there. They banned you? Like, even, like, new marketing people that did, never even dealt with me, Your like, face know is about like, me. Yeah. In marketing, there's, like, a thing, like, do not ever give yeah. this guy a pass. But whatever. Now there's some, like, cool people in marketing. So, patient zero, you had the coronavirus. I did. COVID. Yeah. Uh, and you said you kind of went over this when you introduced him. He said he couldn't. He had a fever and he couldn't taste. So you still you still have effects of it? No, I was just joking. Oh, you were okay. Yeah. I was like, Damn. Buds is keeping his distance. I'm I six feel, feet. I, feel, I am six feet. I can I throw a tape great. on it. I'm close. I'm, I, f- I feel great. Yeah, dude. I'm social distancing. Right this was now, in man. March. It was in March. Yeah. We got I mean, it up in. Uh, I mean, what do they really know though? You know what I mean? Yeah, we got it up in the up at the cat lodge, up in BC. I won't name the place because we're not name. I mean, we could. Gas, probably. I'm gonna, There's only so many of them. It's not bald face. We don't need to I'll name just say names. it's not bald face. Okay, okay not bald face. No. We'll just call it not bald face for the sake of That makes story. it even yeah. easier. I don't want to... They, they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's not their fault. It was one of their dumb I mean, either way, it's clients, like... Yeah. But so what happened? So some, there was a patient zero situation. Some dick, like rich dick fuck, came up sick and didn't want to like ruin the trip. So Did he, he know up, he was sick? Yeah. He didn't know he had COVID, but he was sick. He had a... He was he stayed in his room the whole time, and like he got seventy five. He gave seventy five people COVID. The whole the whole lodge, lodge got it. Yeah, our whole crew got it. Dude, yeah, so how did you get in contact they, with Caroni? They so lo- I, but they locked you out of the country. I think it or something, right? Or no, to. no, no. So I uh, I think I got it from getting a massage Ooh. from one of the therapists because she gave it to patient zero. The cesspool. She gave a massage to the dude. Yeah. And then her hands went. We were also in the hot you. tub with the guy. Oh, you were in a hot tub with the dude. Yep. I had dengue fever, which like I I flatlined in the hospital. This time. was a different This was a this was in two thousand eight, somewhere around there. Oh then. damn. So like I was comparing it to that the whole time. You know? So and that was, was like, way worse. You flatlined Jesus. Dude, I came back to Jackson from a wedding in Thailand and uh had the fucking worst shivers ever. I thought that I was like Outside naked in the snow. Ended up going to the doctor. He sent me straight to the ER. They had no idea what I had. I got a catheter and a spinal tap that night. And then they life-flighted me to in a heli. It was my first heli ride ever. And it was to the ICU in Idaho. Those are expensive. Yeah, they're 10 Gs. Yeah, plus 10 Gs. Um, and then they put me on morphine for eight days and, like, Woke me up every hour on the hour to take my blood. So I never slept more than an hour at a time for eight days. All my organs were shutting down. I had 106 Damn. degree temperature and then I peaked at 108. And like I had full out of body experiences. Like I, I fucking died. And You're decided, like hallucinating. I, no, I died and decided to stay. NDE. Yeah. Like Near you. Death experience. That's the doctors, man. It, yeah. It's straight up like I had a, a conscious choice. To either just... Because you don't think you're hallucinating. You think it was a straight up... no, dude. I came out of my body floating through the ceiling of the hospital, listening to my mom talking to the doctor, watching them, watching me laying down. Were you passed out out at the time? Yeah, I was out. 
could you like say back to your mom the conversation to like prove that yeah you were listening but yet you were passed out you well they I mean? they were talking about if i had a will yeah so that's what they're talking that's what about. i'm wondering so i flew out of the hospital starry night sky went and flew all over like out of body dove into a circus tent this is so fucked up, but this is like morphine, no sleep. I've been listening to this podcasts eating, about NDs. eating my body, yeah. you know, like body shutting down, getting so close to death, you know, so circus tent, dive into it through the roof, grab the fucking trapeze thing, like tuck knee, flip, catch some chick's ankles, the whole thing. And then on the last one, I just like flipped out of the tent and flew back and dove into my body. And so when did you make the conscious choice to get back to your body? Like, no one came to you and gave you the choice? It's not like that. It was like, I had one in the helicopter ride where I, like, it's this, everyone talks about it. It's the fucking orange light. It's warm. You know, it's like. Inviting. It's like a perfect vagina. <laughs> like, I can't wait to die, honestly. Yeah. Like, I love my life, and I will want as much of it as I but possibly something's can. something's there, right? But, like, it's like when you just can't wait to take that fucking nap, you know? Like, I'm excited to die. I can't wait to pass. See what's there. I love this. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, like, I've been that close to it, and, like, it's nothing to be scared of. It's, like, the complete opposite. What did J2 say? You yeah, were there. I, I was there when J2 was... Let's... Was... Okay, knock something off the wall, too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Happened twice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, twos was like one foot on the other side, and yeah. shit was going happening. towards the light. Though is yeah. what he was yeah, saying, right? He was going through the light. Yeah. There was people the, guiding him. He was talking to people, and it's, it's all right. I think it's all right. Yeah, like I think if there's any way to explain death, it's all right. When I've heard like, a story just, recently, was just like yours. They flew out of the hospital, and they were able to see a section of the roof, and they were like, "There's a to prove it." They're like, "There's a red balloon that is out of air on the roof." Because no one believed him when they said this. And then no they went and checked, way. and there was a red balloon. And the person would not have known that unless they had gone out through the building. I ain't got that kind of Is this proof. on yeah. YouTube? You're just going to. Yeah, it was something. It was a podcast I listened to, like, last week. Okay. So, you know, talking about skateboarding and stuff, when I was just in Jackson Hole, I met up with you at the skate park. Yeah. And we started talking. We had a great convo. And you were talking about how you recently did ayahuasca. Which we've talked about Woo! a little bit on this show, yeah. Um, but like, you you want to describe that experience a little bit, or what led you there, and all that stuff? I guess I had like a bunch of friends that have done it, and like they kind of annoyed me with the whole thing. It's like that Burning Man shit, you throwing know? it at you, dude. You gotta go to fuck Burning Man, dude. Like yeah. their enthusiasm for it ruins it for you, kind of. You know what I mean? I guess I can't really name any names in this situation, but. Uh, one of my buddies that you all know, his brother had been going, going and doing these, like, trips to Joshua Tree. And it was the first time that I had someone explain to me about ayahuasca, about, like, just kind of, like, seeing more results in their life, seeing them, like, become better people. That's what I was, like, waiting to see, not just, like, oh, dude, you fucking talk. I don't want to hear about the trip. I want to hear, like, what it how did it benefit you in the end, you know? And, like, I want to see proof of that, too. Anyway, homie was like, I'm going to do this next week. Do you want to go? I can get you in. And I was like, fuck yeah, I just dropped in. You quit everything. 
cold turkey, no caffeine, alcohol, sugar, fucking avocado. Like, you can't eat anything. You basically clear your body out. Pre-ayahuasca, you got to cleanse. Yeah, deity. It's like ancient deity. And so these people that run this are... uh, Actually, I don't know how much of this I can be talking about just to protect... Because... Well, well, they, they you do. don't need to say yeah, the well, just talk about the, the spot, result. more the experience. The, re- the result so, and the experience and results. Um, so basically, and I've told this before on another thing, but uh, like I kind of like started talking to this. Basically, like when you do this, there's a woman. She's like a god. She's like the god or I don't know, fucking whatever. And there's this woman. And like basically before you even go do it, when you decide you're going to go do it, like the work starts because you start like clean, that's the cleansing. You start cleaning your body out. You start talking to either yourself or you know you're kind of like it's the first time you're like clear and you're like what the fuck you know yeah. So you're talking to this lady, female energy, and uh, basically, I told her like you don't have to scare the shit out of me. Like I've already done a ton of drugs like I, I you don't need to like give me a bad trip like just kind of take it easy on me like because I think like if you threw a dude like Donald Trump in there he would be like crying and shitting his pants all night yeah you know? and I'm already like I've already had out-of-body experiences like I'm already like got a, a toe <laughs> on that side you know um so it was like mellow came in and it basically it was just talking to her just like you would talk to your you actually see her no or you don't no so no. you hear a woman's yeah. voice and this is what's crazy I mean, dude walk okay. us through it because we've so, never done okay, it okay so picture this dude you're in this like big ass teepee right and I'm thinking like okay it's all these white girls running this shit how is it given to you I'll tell you drink it Sorry. drink it uh, there's all these white girls and I'm like okay so you guys are like shamans and like Later on, that thing got fucking blown open, that idea. Because, you know, like, Bluebird made that sticker, white people ruin everything. And it kind of came from, like, fucking yoga. Like, this, that, like, you know. So, anyway, I kind of had this thing in my head and fucking... I was... I didn't want to overdo it, you know? Like, I I was... I'll admit, dude, I was fucking scared. Cause I knew I had demons to deal with and I was like, this is going to be fucking rugged, you know? So I went mellow and then like 30 minutes later or something, you hear everyone like puking and like crying and like losing their shit. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't, I clearly didn't take enough. <laughs> so they ring this bell and you can go for seconds. So I went and got more and the, the girl and the guy who were pouring it, they're like, we're trying to figure out the dosage, like how much I should take, like how much I just took, like how far, how deep I want to go, like whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to do this and whatever lands in the cup, that's what she wants you to do. And I was like, cool. Boom. Over the top. Wow. And I was just like, and they sent you deep. They sent me pretty deep. And, uh, I don't know. So this voice was basically just like, you're, before we can do any work, we got to fix your heart. Your heart is like been broken and shattered too many times. Like not necessarily by like 
you know, relationships yeah. or just, just, you know, just heartbreak mm-hmm. that you get growing up. It just like fucking resides there, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy, dude. I cried for like three hours. You described it earlier as like 10 years of therapy or, or something it, in, in like, like eight hours. Eight, yeah. 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 And you do it two nights in a row. Oh, two nights in a row. Yeah. How much does this cost? This retreat. Or any retreat, the experience. I think this one's like maybe eight hundred bucks, but they, you know, it's it's fucking legit. But you straight up hear someone talking. Yeah, yeah, and it's then talking so, you so through. Then, so then, it doesn't just do like like therapy. It does physical healing too. So like at one point, I started shivering really bad, and I was like, like thought I was cold but then it like turned into this vibration and I was like you know those like tuning forks like you know tuning instruments and it's like that vibration I just started like vibrating and it was like going through my body and it would just stop on like injuries and all this shit and just kind of like move through and at one point it was like so intense I couldn't deal with it and I asked her I was like can you just chill a little bit and immediately the level like it chilled out can you imagine if you could like take mushrooms and just be like can you chill "Ah, this is too much like kick me down like two notches and then it just does it it's called cocaine that's what this shit did like on mushrooms dude (laughs) or beer even yeah that's true it sobers you up that's true i've seen shows where they send heroin addicts and ayahuasca to ayahuasca and they come out not addicted Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... They puke and shit their pants. Everyone everyone that goes into that tent... Like, I came out a better person. Like, I'm probably due for another visit soon, but... Retune yourself? Yeah. This is the thing I was going to get back to, is that at one point, you keep your eyes closed. And at one point, I opened my eyes, and everybody in there was a native. Like, and they were, like, seven feet tall. Like, and everyone was, like, a spirit. Like, Native American, like, spirit, everybody in there. My hands and arms were super dark. Like, I was just like, whoa. But they want you to keep your eyes closed? Yeah, you're supposed to. You don't want to open your eyes in the spirit world, dude. (laughs) Like, it was fucked up. I was, like, more comfortable with my eyes closed. I was like, this is way too heavy out here, dude. And you can't move. I mean, you're like, all the rules are different. Like, gravity doesn't exist. Like, you can't use your you're just like like crawling on the floor if you shit your pants you're fucked you have to, they have to like take you outside to like a porta potty and like they'll clean you up they like, clean you yeah. that's part of the service yeah. and they're everyone's cool with Ooh. it everyone's like we're here to heal like everyone's gonna go through some gnarly shit and that's a there's you, a there's a misconception between between hallucinogenics like mushrooms or acid, right? People think people put ayahuasca in this like recreational hallucinogenic when it's just a it's more of a they call it the god drug where it's like spiritual. I'm not. I'll tell you right now, yeah. ayahuasca is not fun. It's not exactly there. It is. <laughs> like, well said. Don't go to do it to have fun. Yeah. You're there to work. The second night, but, where you're like kind of like fuck. Well, I will say that like when you get through all that initial like teardown, you know, like all of that. When you come out of that, like ayahuasca is one of the only thing that things that actually replenishes your dopamine. Oh, so it gives you this massive shot of stoke right when you come out of like the work, and then you get this like period at the end of just fucking bliss. I was laughing so hard because I couldn't believe how beautiful and 
good I felt. You fear it. You I've never it. felt that good in my fucking life. Like it was, it was bliss. It was like true fucking bliss. And then everyone's done. And as soon as they, they end the ceremony. So like when they start, they clean the place with like sage and like it's full native old style traditions, like Amazon, Amazon shit, you know, per, Peruvian. And they, and then there's music the whole time, live music that they're playing. And, and it's like guiding you through all the shit. And it's, it's insane. But they call in all these spirits at the beginning, like the owl, the, the coyote, the wolf, like all this stuff. And then at the end, they call in the ayahuasca spirit. And then everyone starts tripping balls. Crazy. And as soon as they end the ceremony and they like say these words and like end the ceremony, everyone's standing up and going outside. All it instantly goes away. So could they pull you out early if need be? They would have to end the ceremony. For everyone. If you did ayahuasca in your basement, I don't even know if it would work. Yeah. I think that you need this ceremony. Yeah, I don't ceremony. know if people do it's, that or how it works. Yeah, it's thing, fucking crazy. The thing I'm is a little a trip, scared of it, the dude. Thing, the trip, too, is listening you to should a, be. a bunch of podcasts. I got demons. It's, I got they, demons. They all, I listened to one. It was like this This dude was saying fucking, he's like, basically, he's like, so you go to, like, talking about the ayahuasca tri- trip. He's like, you see God? She's a woman. Like, yeah. totally like what you said. Yeah. And, um, and then another guy who's kind of doesn't, I was listening to a guy who doesn't party or drink or anything. And it is this weird thing. If you're sober, right? Like, does this fall into this category? And he no. realized that he was the one who said, like, you're not hallucinating. It's almost, it's almost like you're the soberest you've ever been. Cause you're looking at yourself. Like you're seeing yourself yeah. as you are, not how you've morphed yourself well, to be. Kinda. Well, true. Like alcoholism and addiction comes from deeper shit. Yes, exactly. You need, you need to work deeper on trauma. You, you need to work on that. Yeah. And like, if you just quit drinking, you don't fix anything. Yes. Like you got to do other work. Um, like when I, when I did it, I think I quit drinking for like nine months. And honestly, like I fucking love being sober. Like I act, I really love not drinking, but I also love drinking, love drinking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I also am like, you know, I go through, through waves where I'm just like, I'm fucking over this shit, you know? And I'll just quit for like a big stretch and I'll experience that. And then I won't write any music or do anything. You know, I just get kind of boring and then, you know, start your friends stop calling you. That's what happens when you quit drinking. Your friends stop calling you to hang (laughs) out. But I got mad respect for you, dude, because like, you know, we have a lot of friends that like, I mean, let's face it, dude, like snowboarders, skateboarders, like, it's a little different nowadays, but like from our generation, like yeah. it was everyone was from broken homes, you know. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have fucking shit without it, and like snowboarding doesn't owe any of us shit, dude. Like True. we all owe our lives to snowboarding mm-hmm. and skateboarding, hundred percent punk rock and fucking. I know you guys probably aren't down with country music, but I like country, country. music. Too. I fuck with it every now and again. Like you yeah. pop it on. I started listening to it just to be like, dude, let me. It's good. The draw. It's you good know? for doing construction. Let or... me get you guys in on some good. good get country. us in on the good dude, shit. The way I am with music, man, is like I'm not gonna diss any genre. I like music. Just yeah. give me the best shit out of that genre. Don't give me like this dog shit, like yeah. fucking pop country garbage mm-hmm. that everyone hates and gives country a bad name. Like, give me someone sick. Yeah, you know? and like, there's good ass fucking, yeah, it's fucking people. good music, man, and it's storytelling, 
And that's what we are, is we're storytellers. Yeah. I'm down with all well, music. I'll tell you, music has different applications. Okay. Like if I'm if I'm riding snowboarding and I have a headphone in, I'm gonna listen to like something that like rap. It's gonna get you stoked. It's gonna get me hyped, right? Yeah. It's gonna and then if I'm welding, sometimes I like to listen to techno. It makes me feel like a machine. Like, oh yeah. And it's like some yeah. if I'm doing concrete. I'm going to listen to country music. Yeah, okay. So they all, I think they all have their purpose in what you're doing. Like you, you're not going to come out to my town in Wyoming, like not Jackson, but the new place I'm living at and like listen to rap. It doesn't fit. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I still probably would. But, but like, I, I hate current rap, dude. Like, I, I can't even believe like people listen to this shit. <laughs> you got to give it a it's, chance, just like well, we might get si- country. Will you chance, send you know? me some good new shit? He's, because, gonna, he's gonna hate it though. Because like you, you got to give it a real chance, dude. I I uh, I give everything my open yeah. heart when I check it out, and if I fucking like it, I don't give a fuck what yeah. it ha- what label it has. Yeah, for real. Like if I'm down, the, if it's legit, then I'm down with it. If it's we'll like, find you some legit shit. Okay, well, I'll send you guys some country music. All right. Wow. You know what made me feel super fucking old? Uh, yesterday, I put I was looking for a song. It was 50 Cent. 50 Cent is now old school rap. He is. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, like, that felt like just yesterday that yep. shit came up. But the kids nowadays don't even know who 50 Cent is. Which is he, fucked up. And so, like, we're fucking dinosaurs, bro. Dude, time just flies, man. Like, I feel like... Yeah, I, 50 Cent is old school. That's crazy. I feel like I was the new school Grom. And then I, like fucking sneezed and then i was like washed up <laughs> it's feel that. How i feel that big time like, yeah, yeah all yeah. of a sudden i was like the old dude that they're like try to fucking ollie over this or whatever but you know what? i understand i think your mentality the way you were talking about romanticizing about skateboarding and how it doesn't owe you anything and i think that there's like you know the generation, the older generation, it was like snowboarding and skating is counterculture. It's not the popular kid in no. school. It's the outlook. It's like it's like looked down upon by society. And, and if you came up to to like in this society where they look down on skating, they look down on snowboarding, and then all of a sudden the Olympics comes and X Games and it becomes accepted, then I understand like yeah. you know like now there's kids that are probably the ca- the football captain that are. Also, snowboarders or yeah. skaters, and it's like it, that's that was never a thing, right? Well, I like, put it this way: so, like in high school, we had these like Nazi fucking commie like windows, you know, the little square, like yeah, six but, by six. But I could still shit. see that it was snowing outside. Yeah, and I would like Nazi I, commie windows. <laughs> talking about small windows, <laughs> just because and like small. up, so like prison like, windows. Yeah, or something. yeah, exactly. It was the most. They were trying to hold the, your soul back. Yeah, exactly. So I would raise my hand in high school, whatever class, and be like, "I gotta go to the bathroom," and I'd fucking hitchhike home, put on my gear, go to the resort, clip a ticket, and go ride. And then they'd call on a my bathroom visit. They'd call my mom and be like, "What?" Your kid just left school, and she's like, oh, he was at a snowboard contest. <laughs> she was cool. She backed me, yeah. She didn't give a shit. No, because, you know, my teachers and principals and shit were like, your kid is not going to be a pro snowboarder. Like, there's no such thing. Mm. And she's like, I've met them because, like, Matt Hale and Jeff uh-huh. Wastel and those guys came to my house. And she's like, I love them. They're the she's best. like, they exist. She's like, I want you to be like them. Like, you can be a pro snowboarder. That's fine, you know? And, like, the principal actually told me that I was going to fucking work at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker's dead. <laughs> well, fuck him. And I'm on the fucking Fire. bomb hole. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs>
whatever. We got to experience the nineties and like, I feel so bad. Like that was the, for me, dude, like, I'm sorry. I'm if I'm the washed up fucking nostalgic dude, but everybody that was there knows that Vegas in the nineties was the shit. Dude. dude, And just the the industry and the ads. And I mean, think about it, dude. Like every fucking company back then was ran by 20 year olds. Tech nine, fucking solid, fucking D, a DC came later, but like all those little brands, the movement, Dan Paterka, like all that shit. There's tons. It was of them. all twenty year olds, dude. Yeah. The whole industry. It was uh, Lord of the Flies. Like it was all ran by twenty year olds. We were just partying, and we were partying, and the money was kind of rolling because we were keeping it fucking tight. Yeah. It was like amongst like this small, small pool to pick. Small from. pool, dude, and you couldn't get in. Like we wouldn't let people in. Ice-T tried to start a snowboard company. He That's offered Jamie right. Lynn a million dollars to ride for him. Jamie was like, fuck you, dude. Like, that is r- dope. I'm riding for live till I'm dead. Yeah. Didn't know that. Like, Tarquin brought a fucking nine to the trade show and got caught with it. Like, these were days when companies would, like, hire hookers to walk around naked at the trade show. Oh, like, yeah. this is when I was in high school, man. Like, I went to every trade show from 93 until Vegas was over. And I didn't miss one Vegas show from 93 mm-hmm. till it was done. That's what I grew up in. And Same here. <laughs> I could not go back to high school after that. Like, the people I met and the fucking trips I had gone on already, yeah. I was like, high school was, like, fucking done. Like, I was, my foot was out the door. I was already living my life, you know? Like, I barely got out of there with a diploma. It's sick. You used to look forward to those trade shows. Then when it moved to Colorado, it was like, Nah, it was insane though. Same. No, Denver, Denver ruined it. Dude. Yeah, like Vegas. Vegas was to like, forward to. let's just be honest. It was cocaine, and it was fucking doing deals at the bar at five in the morning with people. Mm-hmm. That's how you got. <laughs> on, that's how you got on business, the team. Uh, the good old days. Done, yeah. That's how you fucking wrote orders. You didn't write paper at the show. No, everyone you did it at the, at the bar, show. dude. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Is so at one point in like year two thousand. Uh, I moved to, I, I was done snowboarding. Like I was fucking burnt, moved to Prague and went and lived with Mike Perillo. Damn. And I was going to go to, to FAMU film school there. And they had this like Czech program that was epic. And then they had the American program, which was whack as fuck. Like I had better gear at home. Oh, really? And so I was like, if I learn Czech, can I go to the Czech and they're like, yeah, good luck. Like Czech is the hardest language in the world. So I went and enrolled in Czech business acceleration language, whatever. Dude. And just took like mad Czech and like went out to the clubs with Mikey every night and just like, you know, like I got pretty decent. I could probably speak at my peak. I could probably speak like a 12 year old Czech kid. You know, or something. <laughs> but anyway, this guy. Ray was trying to, like, license Bluebird. He started this. He's an old uh, pitcher for the Phillies. Turns out they've been trying to get into snowboarding, but they know nothing about it. And they were like, we want to license your brand. And, like, we'll show you how to run a company. And, like, we'll, you know, you'll, we'll make this into a real thing. That's sick. You know? And so I moved to Prague, and I was like, fuck it, whatever. I was over it. And then uh, he just kept peppering me the whole time. And then I was like, can I make a movie? Because that's all I wanted to do was make movies back then. And then he's like, yeah, but you got to pay for it or whatever. But like, yeah, you can make a movie. So I came back, we did the licensing deal. And then we, we made water to wine with Harrison Ford. Ah. If you guys haven't seen it, I think it's on Great Vim- acting. Vimeo or YouTube. It's on YouTube. But it's 
Harrison Ford as this guy, Jethro, the bus driver. And Harrison flew his fucking jet in while he was filming for Hollywood Homicide. <laughs> he flew his jet in to come do the stupid ass. You just knew him from Jackson? We knew the, his son. His son's uh, the star of the movie. Uh, yeah, like and, in the and intro. Shout, shout out to Chuck T. He's, he was friends with Harrison's son, Malcolm. And uh, Malcolm's in the movie acting with his dad. Great acting. And uh, yeah. We did it with 300 bucks, and it was, like, such a shit show. But it was, like, insane because I got to direct a movie that had, like, a story or whatever, you know. And Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford. So he flew in, and then he, Goddamn like. Goddamn Han Solo. Yeah, we're talking about Han Solo. Yeah, here. and then he, like, drives. We have this Bluebird bus, the fucking bald-ass tire, shit-ass brakes. And, like, he's dri- literally driving it. He's, like, we don't do this shit in Hollywood. Like we have stunt people driving these pieces of shit around (laughs) and he drove it all day. And like, we hung out with them and he he was a fucking rad sport. And like, shout out to Harrison, dude. What a fucking shout out to Harrison for that ass motherfucker. You know, you see him around town since, uh, every once in a while, like he's homies with the homies, Yeah, you know, like he's rad, man. He actually like these hikers got stuck in the mountains and like search and rescue couldn't, Get to them for some reason, so he flew his helicopter. So Indiana Jones went yeah. out. And can you can you fucking imagine? You're like thinking you're gonna die out in the woods, <laughs> and fucking Han up. Solo pulls uh, up, literally rescued by Han Solo, cuts yeah. the tauntaun in half <laughs> with a lightsaber, and, and he's probably just you in it. He's probably just a super dick the whole time to you. Like he's <laughs> he's funny, man. Like like you, ch- we kind of. It's not that we were trying to impress him, but it's fucking Harrison Ford. You're trying to impress him. It's the yeah. only, Let's be real. It's, it's the Ford. only movie my dad ever took me to was Indiana Jones. Yeah, like, right. That dude's <laughs> voice has been in my head since I, can I was hear a it right child. Now. And there's a we have this we have this quote on film that's pretty funny. We're in the bus with Harrison, and I was like, "Is this the shittiest movie you've ever been in?" And he's like, "By far." And his, son, <laughs> and his son's like, "What about?" And he named some other movie off. <laughs> Like, <laughs> he named a shittier one. A shittier one. <laughs> but he did quote us in a German magazine that someone sent me uh, that they were like, what was your favorite movie to ever work on? And he said, Water to Wine. Really? Be- that is insane. Because it's the only movie him and his son are in together. That's sick. Yeah, and I thought it was going to like blow Bluebird up. I was like, this is going to be huge. And like, no one cared. <laughs> No one fucking. It cared. was a snowboard movie. Or yeah, yeah. but they're all, skits. all they're the skits. snow. Got you. It's t- it's like twenty minutes of dog shit script, and then it's like ten minutes of riding at the end. <laughs> it's like his son lacing up his boots and like Harrison's shooting, the getting shit ready to like drive yeah. him to the mountain and shit. You're rocking the the famous Bluebird love over money shirt that you made your on your boards, and you got the tattoo and Otterstrom rode the boards. Do you want to, like, dive into that? You know who else has the tattoo? Who? It's Kevin Jones. KJ, shout. This was our contract when we started Bluebird Snowboards. You it's both like, We're not them. signing a contract. We're getting a tattoo right on our fucking arms. That's sick. And we lasted, like, a year. <laughs> you had Chopper, though. We Chato. did. Yeah, it was uh, Wastel, KJ, and Otterstrom. And if some smart fucker in the industry would have given us some money and stepped in, we could have killed it. Like, that's a sick legend team, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... I was always waiting for for that, you know, just like somebody to be like, we like what you're doing. And this guy, Ray, did it. But, you know, he ended up teaching me blackjack. <laughs> and that's like, if you can't play blackjack with discipline, you shouldn't be doing business. That's a good like theory. Like, I want to write a book on, like, blackjack and business. 
because it, it works in the stock market. Like, it works everywhere. If you can get good at blackjack. And you want to talk about fucking cheddar biscuits? I do. I always like to talk about we cheddar We love biscuits. talking about the biscuits. So, when Ray, the first time Ray and I drove down to Vegas, this is the first time I was taking this dude. I mean, he wears jean shorts. Like Who, all, is, all who is this guy? Can you explain? He's the guy that came in and, like, licensed Bluebird. Okay, he started this okay. company called Cowboy Up. Have you ever heard of this? No. It was multi-million dollar, like, make fun of cow redneck t-shirt companies. Okay. He was a ball player. And anyway, I ended up coming back from Prague and li- licensing Bluebird to him. And he taught me business. He taught me how to, like, inventory shit, design catalogs. He paid me as a graphic designer. So I went, they, they schooled me in graphic design while paying me. That's awesome. The whole time. While we were building the sales up of Bluebird to the, where I could just live off the sales and yeah. I quit the, the art job. But he taught me how to do all the graphic design. So, like, I can go in and design something and, like, do all the color steps down to, like, burning the screens, printing the shirts. Like, I learned the whole fucking – I mean, it was school. It was, it was paid school. Yeah, it's like your education. I got paid to go to school. He was, like, my business teacher. And so the first time we were driving down to Vegas from, from – uh, Wyoming, this is the first time I'm taking this guy to meet my friends, right? Like, the sno- taking this guy, outsider, into the snowboarding yeah. industry. You know, he's like visor, fucking, <laughs> you know, he's like a dad. Yeah. Looks like a dad. And uh, so, we go, on the way to Vegas, he starts schooling me on blackjack. Like, the whole drive, 12 hours, schools me. Sick. <laughs> we pull in, we go to New York, New York, grab some homies, like Nick Drago, a bunch of our friends, right? And we go. We each put 300 bucks down. I cashed out 12 Gs the first time I ever really played blackjack. Some after bisque. His That's schooling. some bisque. And I cashed out over 50 grand during that run at Vegas. That like trip. Those, no, those years. Oh, the years. The years between, like, our first trade show with him in, like, 2000 till it ended in Vegas. Is that really 50 or did you go in the hole? Because some people only yeah. talk about the wins. They don't talk about going in the hole. I'm up 50. You're up 50. Up but did, were 50. You, how much were you down in the most? I don't go down that much. It's like two G's a trip. Maybe. And it was because of his schooling? Yeah. yeah. What's the secret? It's not a secret. It's more like discipline. Just like, just knowing when to take your money following out? Those not rules. getting greedy? So, you want to you wanna hear I the mean, whole thing? If you can give us a quick... And give, us, give us the cliff notes. Like, breeze through it on a... Couple of pointers here. Basically, you play with a few people. Good. Say we're all playing, right? Yep. Say I'm hot, and you lose, you sit out. If you lose a hand, you sit out. Till I lose a hand, you guys don't come back in. So you let the heat roll with the dude that's got that's the fire. Got the heat. And then when he ends, when that run ends, you all come out. You so you guys pooling your money then? Yeah. Yeah. So, so not, you have a, your, third, your chances of winning go up by, by two-thirds, basically. Well, well you're just their, edge, on people's their runs? edge that they have on you is, first of all, getting too drunk. Yeah. And second of all, not putting chips in your pocket. So the whole time when you're winning hands, Slip you're the, taking like 80% and it's going in your pocket. And you, the first goal that you have is to put your initial investment in, win a couple hands, and take your investment out and then play with their money. And then you can be reckless. Once your money's off the table, yeah. Yep. And then you start scooping their money into your pocket. And then when you run out of chips on the table, you fucking leave. So and the then everyone pulls not... their, their chips together and you cash out and you're fucking so That's done. a lot easier said than done because when you're hot, you never think you're going to get unhot and you oh, bet big, win big. That's you don't win every time. Though, right? yeah. You don't win every time, but 
we got on this like eight year streak where our energy, you know, like when your confidence yeah. is fucking permeating, you know, and like the more we won at blackjack, the more wax we sold. Like you're just on. It one. was just on. We I were was just doing the same thing, on but on one. the craps table, and it's yeah. all confidence, man. You See, can but almost I, control I, those dice. I don't fuck with craps because it's just there's too much going on. There's a lot going on, but you start to figure it out, and you get your yeah. confidence up. You talk shit. You can almost just you get on I, those heaters. I like the simplicity of blackjack. And the other thing I will say about blackjack is that you guys ever hear that like that physics theory that's like if you have a cat in a box and you shoot the box with a gun that cat is not dead yeah, or alive until called? you open it right what's it's, it called there's a name for this theory i don't know i'm not that smart yeah so it's got a name what i believe is that these this deck of cards whether it's a three deck or a bottomless one to the basement one of those like whichever one it is that card hasn't been revealed to this world until it's flipped over. So there's an opportunity to mentally manifest the card that you want. Schrodinger's I, cat and is a thought experiment. Yeah, so blackjack is all energy. If you're feeling down, don't go gamble. Like, you have to be on the fucking high from something to go gamble. And anyway, you manifest these cards. And you manifest... You don't think about the cards you don't want. You only think about the cards you want. And you, want, you think about the cards you want them to have that'll make them bust. And if I'm playing with Ray and we both want it, that four. You're manifesting And it, all basically. our homies behind us want that four. And we're tipping the fuck out of the dealer on every win. He even wants us to get that four. Mm-hmm. We are putting energy into a four coming out. And that four flips and you just won. A fucking crazy stack. You're of manifesting it all. I want to go gamble yeah, with you, bro. You're getting me dude. excited. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go hit the tables, man. So pull out some cheddar B. Hit up I, Matt Damon. Oh. Wasn't he in that blackjack movie? <laughs> we'll get him in the mix. And a lot of do shout this, out to man. Matt. A lot of my friends have witnessed this shit, like full on. I, I was driving through Vegas with Wastel one time, and I was like, "Yo, pull over at Bellagio. I'm gonna go get us some gas money." And, like, rolled in and won, like, $2,500 on $100. A little more than gas money. See, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. And he was just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do those ollies. It's the old Schrodinger's thing. cat theory. Know, the Schrodinger's know. cat theory. You don't know if the cat's dead or alive. You know you what I mean? Know, uh, Until you reveal what's in the box. I'm going to fucking throw you a curveball right now. Do it. We're going no, off. Curveball. We're, talking, we're talking about punk rock earlier, mm-hmm. right? And I had this weird epiphany that I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but hear me out on this. You know, skating used to be punk. I mean, it still is. Snowboarding, it used to be punk, but let's be real. It's in the fucking Olympics. People, like, it's not that punk anymore. Snowboarders are pussies. Yes, well said, well said. You know who's kind of punk right now? Who? Rollerbladers. There is dude, no, my there, chick dude, rollerblades. Dude, there is no dude, bladers ch- at the park, man. My chick rollerblades. Dude, respect. And she was all embarrassed. She was, like, sneaking out with the blades. <laughs> and, like... I think it's sick because, like, if it was, like, 94, I'd be like, bitch, get the fuck out of my house. But, like, now I'm like, dude, rollerblading is punk. Dude, when I see bladers at the park, I'm like, respect. There's not a lot of you left. There's dying breed. What if I rolled up to the Vans Park here on a a Razor scooter? See, that's that's accepted too much. I think blades are more punk. If I came out with blades? Blades, you'd be like, fucking respect. But I don't know. Lizard was on here talking about taking a Razor scooter to the shin, and he's got a newfound respect for it. 
talking about shins, dude. Everyone's into these fucking foil boards now. Fuck those things, dude. How is that Travis and Rasmus shit? and all these dudes? Yeah. Are, what are the foil boards? So it's Double a surfboard with a fucking oh, yeah, yeah. shinner machine, <laughs> basically, oh. that they bolt to it. Oh. And you basically, like, surf five feet off the water. And, like... Why do they want to surf five feet off the water? You don't, need a, big you wave. don't need a big you wave. You can pump the... Or uh, a rope. You can just kind of, like... I mean, and I see its But purpose. you're in the ocean? Uh, some, I mean, Laird Hamilton is like I see Chris Rasman out I, there. I doing see it. reasons for it. You can but do like, it in a lake or no? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like on yeah. a boat, like don't bring that thing on the boat, dude. Yeah. It's like it's like if I showed up to a house party with like a huge painter's ladder, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like you can't put that thing anywhere. No one has anywhere to sit anymore. And then and then like Travis takes this thing out one day and he's like, "You got to try it, dude." I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> Fuck this thing. It was dude. your boat? No, it was, uh, uh, but it just ruins everyone's time on the boat. boat. Unless you got yeah. a goddamn pontoon boat, you're <laughs> fucked on that so, thing. So like everyone's cramped. There's nowhere to like <laughs> sit. And this fucking shinner, this blade is just right by your face the whole time, you know? And then and it's Travis, so you're like, and, fuck. And then man, you get in, right. you get in. It's like the sickest thing anyone's gonna do is they're gonna like get up on it and like go. <laughs> like that's the gnarliest thing that's gonna go down, and you're like, boring. There's like, no tricks. Get the skate, the wake skate out. Yeah. That's the shit. Cause it's so slippery. And if you pull any trick on the wake skate, it's fucking hard. Like we, like that's the I, shit. Wait, it it feels like surfing. It is super fun. I absolutely love doing it. One of my biggest pet peeves though is you got the buddy that goes wake surfing, and then you look at their their story, and it's like thirty bars of like Jimmy fucking pumping the wave, yeah, and then dude. Jimmy's girlfriend. I'm talking about the wave. wake skating. Oh, wake skating. Like I'm not talking wake surfing. Okay, you're like I'm talking like with shit. the rope, but you're like ollie in the wake with no bindings. And it's slippery as fuck. Are you talking about like, oh, yeah, doing kickflips? It's kick like the little shit. boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Cam Fitz rips at it. Yeah. Like, he does a bunch of shit. Like, it's it's fun as fuck, dude. Like, there's you get a session going, you know? Like, it's hard as fuck. The foil board, I went out one day with Travis. He had this fucking thing. I hated it right off the bat, dude. And, like, he made me do it. Fucking blew out both ACLs. <laughs> cut my mis- <laughs> meniscus in half. Fucking got the worst shinner I've ever had in my life. And I was like, it wasn't even worth it, dude. Like, it was like, like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like fucking hitting a handrail on one rollerblade. Like, you're going to get fucking smoked. <laughs> you're going to get so fucked up. But if you pull it, like, is it that rad? Yeah, like, does it's not it look even worth that, it. Does it look that cool? I don't know. I'd like to see someone blade a rail with one blade. Is there one footers <laughs> in the blade industry? Uh I don't know, man. I don't know enough about dude, it. One sock on one foot. That's a new thing, dude. It'd be sick, like one blade and then a flip flop on the other side. <laughs> just sketchy. And they're just like, what's that shit called? The guys who bounce around the city, like flip off a deck. Oh, parkour. 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 It's like parkour, dude. but one rollerblade and one flip flop. You do a mixture of both. It'd be insane. That dude. would be sick. Because then you could just go to the beach later. <laughs> just one hoof it, just walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so fuck the. Uh, Hydrofoil. Fuck those things. And actually, it's pretty funny because Cam will be like, want to go out on the boat? I'm like, is Travis coming? He's like, yep. I'm like, is the foil coming? He's like, yep. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Fuck the foil, dude. Fire. One more thing I want to bitch about. <laughs> what we were talking about with uh, letting the public into snowboarding, right? The general public. like. So I think that's when we lost snowboarding, right? And that's like where the snowboarding is better when you hated us. Came up. Great slogan. Which was, uh, 
was quoted by Travis on Conan O'Brien. Ah. I don't know if you knew that. Didn't know. That's a fun little fact. But though. it's it's uh, you can find it on my Instagram somewhere down there. Uh, anyway, that's where that came from, and it's like, so this is what happened. When we started Bluebird, we were making snowboard products for snowboarders that were just like us. It was like so easy. It was like I know what they want because I'm one of them, right? Then maybe the Olympics happened, or. I don't know, 20-year-olds running every company at the trade show and the adults showing up, the ski industry, and being like, oh, we'll take it from here. Yeah. You know, which luckily they showed us how to build fucking good boards, at least. Yeah. Like, that's what skiing did do. They had been making skis for so long that once they took over our industry, boards got pretty fucking good, right? Solomon boards are great. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, we what started to happen is the the general public started coming into the shops, right? It's not Johnny McFucking Shrednar because that dude's broke as fuck and doesn't buy shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He gets hooked up from, like, trading pizzas to his buddy f- and some weed for a board or whatever. Yeah, I don't so, know. So general public... Back in the 90s. Let's yeah. talk 90s, whatever. Late yep. 90s. Mid-2000. I don't know when it really happened. When was, when was the first Olympics? 2000-something. Okay, let's, bl- let's blame 2000, it on the Olympics. Maybe 2004? I don't know. Let's blame it on the Olympics. Okay. We're blaming on the Olympics. So, um, so the general, so, so the general starts public starts coming into the shop, right? And they're like, hmm, these bindings are stiff and this, board, you know, whatever. Like, all of a sudden, the companies, the reps, the, the shops would relay to the reps and the reps would relay to the companies that this is what fucking Uncle Rick wants. You know what I mean? So our whole industry, all the products started being geared towards Uncle Rick. Okay, first of all, I don't like the name Uncle Rick yeah, because little... Ricky is kind of my nickname, uh. so... We call him Uncle Jim, maybe. The only reason I call him Uncle, the only time, the Olympics, only reason I call him Uncle Rick is because Jamie Lynn has like these Uncle Rick stories. Okay, <laughs> and I just feel like if I can think of like someone's uncle comes into a shop and is like he comes in and is like all that purpose dad shoes yep. and like jean shorts and he's like, nah. like <laughs> that's Uncle Rick. Yeah, yeah it's Uncle Rick. He okay, buys shit at REI. He right. gets shit at REI. One day you might be Uncle Ricky. Yeah, okay. and and what happened was like eventually we started really depending on this money, right? Because more people started snowboarding. Mm-hmm. We needed to pay for more cocaine habits of pro snowboarders. Yep, that's that I can in. I can actually attribute to that. So like the money had to flow. So we needed Uncle. Just call him Uncle Rick. Eric. Uncle yeah. Eric. Can we call him Uncle Air Rick? Uh, yes. Because he's Rick. like Air Rick, right? <laughs> That's a sick t-shirt. Okay. Uncle Eric. Uh, so Uncle Air Rick, he rolls in and he's like. Jean shorts. He starts putting his money in the snowboard industry and like all the products start leaning that way. Boots start getting softer. Boards start getting fucking noodlier. You know, we had fucking reverse camber. What the fuck? I never dude? got I broke down my with ribs right now those pieces of shit. I hit a tree on one of those because, like, it doesn't. There's just nothing there it's for It's on you. a snowboard, dude. Yeah. It's like, if I had some friend from, like, I don't know, fucking South Korea that didn't snowboard that came to the States and was like, I want to go snowboarding tomorrow, I would give him a fucking yeah, reverse camera board. They're much easier yeah. to learn. But, them. like, don't try to, like, ra- actually ride the mountain with one of those Aggressively. pieces of shit. By yeah. the way, this is fucking straight up OG camber. OG cameras, what's yeah. up? He's pointing at the board sitting next to him for the list. I'm kind of down with the early rise, though, too, on the nose. And, like, maybe a little on the tail. Like, I hate all these quivers, man. Like, you know, like, I'll, I'll go on a trip or something and be like, I don't even know. It, 
Have you ever given your dog like seven toys at the same time? <laughs> it's like he doesn't know what the fuck to play yeah, with. He's like, hey, he like eats this and he chases that and then he's he's you fucking ruined him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we did with these fucking quivers, man. And it's like, I don't know if I should bring the fucking the orca or the this or like the board I designed or like I don't know. Like I just want to bring one board. Well, like, I, remember back in the day, you just get one you free got one shitty board. board. Yeah. You just had to deal with and it. And you dealt with it. I'll you tell know? you this, though. I think that, that the, the thing I notice is, like, a stiff... The only thing I notice is stiff and soft. And yeah. the, 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 my riding, I've, I like a stiffer board now. I go faster, you can land, you can clear the jump. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you can go big. You can go fucking big on a stiff board. But, like, yeah. a soft-ass board... It's fun at low speeds and butters and that, yeah. but that, that's not what I really want to do made, anymore. We made this like KJ reverse camera board, and like I wrote it in the spring one time in Jackson. It was so fucking fun, dude. I was like, I can do all these fucking flat ground tricks. Like this shit is fun as hell. You know what I mean? Like it was a good time. Yeah. In that one tiny little fucking window yeah. of snowboarding, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? You don't take that thing up like anything that's, you know. You know what's great about right now is that, like, you know, you're sponsored by these companies. They send you, like, some sh- Remember all the shitty stuff you used to wear because it was free? Yeah. Yes. And it didn't work? Yep. It was such a nightmare. I can just go and buy whatever the fuck I want now. You don't need So I'm like, what anyone? companies are dope? I go and buy fucking Howl gloves. I go buy dang shades. Oh, yeah. Bearsford said he saw you order something. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, like, support dudes that I think are fucking rad. I buy shit from Holden. And, like, Mikey will throw me a little discount every once in a while. But, like, I bought 32 outerwear this year. So sick. And That's dope. They sent me the wrong fucking size, dude. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. Did I they got, correct that? I got the Nicholas shit. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, let's get into it. I get it. I get business, dude. Trust me. Like, I get why they let go of Nico. But I also thought it was kind of like a bitch-ass move. From the <laughs> brand standpoint? Yeah. Okay. Like, I Elaborate. get it. I think that snowboarders are really, maybe skaters too, but maybe people in general are just really quick to throw people under the fucking bus. Man, we've been talking for a yeah, minute. Man. I hours, think that was boys. a fucking banger, man. I think we, I think we covered a lot of great topics, a lot of a good deep topics. topics, nostalgic topics. Theories. There's so much shit I wanted to get into, Ayahuasca. but we just don't have enough time. Hey, you only got. I mean, you, you can only say what you can say, and we, we'll have you back on here. Yeah, I got the whole, way too many stories. I haven't even gotten into my stories yet. The Harrison Ford one that was, was pretty fucking good. Oh, one insane. more thing from Harrison Ford. He shows up. So that morning, like, I had to get all the cameras set up, and then I was like, I couldn't even get everything set up because I was fucking with the coffee maker, like the coffee maker, like blue coffee all over the kitchen. So I was cleaning it up and all this shit. And he comes over, he's like, got any coffee? And I was like, yeah. And I poured him some coffee. And he's like, he, we have this on film, I'm pretty sure. But he, like, takes a sip and he, like, spits it out on my floor in my <laughs> kitchen. And he goes, this shit is cold. I can't be living like this. In your kitchen yeah. of your house. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. It was so sick. You know who kind of has the best footage is Kinger. Because, like, he's like, can I just come and shoot, like, behind, behind the scenes shit? Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. So he, he gave me all these tapes of just, like. Some super fucking whatever. Anyway. You got to go through that shit. Yeah. One of these days. <laughs> All right. Woo. Well, I think we did it. We really appreciate having you on the show, Willie. We yeah, appreciate thanks for driving down from Jackson, man. That's I dope. Honor. Yeah, we thanks appreciate for having me. Thanks for letting me rant. Give this thing away or make some money on it. I want to see you guys keep going. And, like, this is good for snowboarding. Appreciate I, that. I want to see more podcasts and 
We're, I'm oh, actually yeah, so yeah. We oh, we yeah. actually brought Willie on to talk about the fact that he's launching a podcast as That's well. Dope. Yeah, we almost uh, forgot that major key point. So uh, it's called the Hamburg Meat Grinder Podcast, and it's me and uh, Andrew Hardingham. Great name, nice. And I don't know. We'll just you and Hardingham. Yeah, man, the two of you can talk. So so I don't and know. And the two of you have some really good stories. So. We're gonna we're gonna fuck around with it. And see if it sticks. If people are into it, then we'll keep going. You got two subscribers sitting yeah, over here I already. Mean, I can listen okay. to both of you guys talk shit for hours, so <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm down. Cool. Dude, Hardingham's insane. Yeah, I love that dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good mix with the two of us. The The podcast I really want to see is Todd Richards and Mike Rankwit. Oh, yeah. Podcast. I know it's, like, geographically not possible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Those two guys just fucking ruining people would be like the best podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> Richards is king of banter. I, I got a question for you. So we there's a running situation going with Chad O between and um, Richards of who's going to be the oldest to do the McTwist, and they're both who you know snowboarding who do you, or skating? Who, no snowboarding. So I do, I feel like Chad O's going to be able to McTwist till he's like ninety. Oh, it's yeah. like who can McTwist the longest yes. in life? Yes, Isn't who Chad can, O younger than him. By a couple of years, I think, but not by much. Like, I don't know, who do you think is going to make twist into older age? Chad's pretty. I mean, okay. So here's the thing, dude. Richard's is, Richard's pretty fucking healthy. Yeah, he's he's. So is Chad though. He like, Chad's around. Chad's on the sludge. Yeah, he makes you know like, sludge. He fucking Chad's on like a new like era, dude. Are we going to see like an eighty year old man do make twists? I hope so. It's, it's gonna be awesome. it's gonna be Chad and Todd Richards. Are we talking out in the powder like Misty Flip style? No, we, of course. Okay, pipe. so this is what we're on gonna the quarter s- pipe. Listen, that's it, gnarly, dude. It's gonna be Chad Otterstrom and Todd Richards, and they're gonna make twist and just like touch dicks in the air <laughs> when, they're, when they're eighty years old. It's gonna be sick, <laughs> dude. Uh, you don't want to take a fall on a QP at eighty. They'll man. both be wearing condoms. Talk yeah. about breaking a hip and mass. And masks. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole. Okay, we did it. Another fun, loose conversation with Willie McMillan. Dude is a straight-up character. Like always, we appreciate you guys so much for sharing this podcast. And we just want to let you know, don't be afraid to give us your feedback. DM us on Instagram or leave a comment on YouTube or wherever. Write a review. We, we love knowing where we can improve the podcast or who we should interview next. We love that stuff. You know, we got merch, bombhole.com, all that good stuff. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next Wednesday. Thank you.